and welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know about Eintracht Frankfurt in the English language. Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, best club in Germany, best club in Europe, best club in the world for that matter. But we're a little bit biased. I'm your host, Brian Sanders. Follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. You can follow the show on Twitter. That is at HEFpod. You can follow us on Facebook where we uh, upload uh, recent episodes in addition to uh, recent news about Eintracht Frankfurt in the English language. Uh, like us there. That is Facebook.com slash HEFpod. A little bit more about that in just a little bit in this week's episode. And you can also email the show, hey Eintracht Frankfurt at Yahoo.com. Dot com. So, I try never to do this show alone. We had the full team back again. It's Nathan in St. Louis. Hello, Nathan. Hey, Brian. It's good to be back. Indeed, indeed it is. And we have on the West Coast, Roman in San Francisco. Hello, Roman. Wie geht's es Ihnen? Deutschlands beste Mannschaft. Deutschlands beste Mannschaft. SGE. Yeah, so it, I hope it works. So for you guys who are, um, yes, I'm glad to be here. And my microphone situation is a little bit weird. It's the third time we're doing this opening now, but uh, and now it's <laughs> now it is the built-in microphone. So I got we got to that point now. You know, we're broadcasting pros. I think at this point, or at <laughs> least am uh, semi pros. Come on. Nathan, uh, there you go. we got to. We're at least at the semi pro. Make it till you make it. Yeah, I think. <laughs> we're at least regional Liga uh, level broadcasters here. Uh, <laughs> so, with uh, enough uh, us fooling ourselves, uh, let's put ourselves into the dizzying, dizzy heights that is Eintracht Frankfurt in the Bundesliga as we return from our international break. As we put a whopping seven, uh, fing- uh, seven goal smack right in the face of Friedhelm Funkels. Uh, love you, old buddy, but uh, you're currently in charge of Dusseldorf. So Fortuna Dusseldorf, uh, via goal difference, now dropped to the bottom of mm. the Bundesliga after a seven-one thrashing. Because I think eh, I would say that thrashing is the most apt word to describe it. Eintracht Frankfurt seven. Sadly, Dusseldorf won. I say sadly because, again, and I, and our little kind of texting that we had <clears throat> kind of was a little frustrated at the fact that, once again, unable to get another Bundesliga clean sheet. It's been a while since we pulled that off against Freiburg, but can we talk about anyone else other than Luka Jovic? <laughs> no. I mean, I think. No. <laughs> <laughs> Five goals! No one's ever scored that many in Eintracht, for Eintracht Frankfurt within the Bundesliga itself. It's just kind of like, woof. <laughs> and the funny thing is he could have scored so many more as well, right? So I think that's also um, mm-hmm. absolutely fascinating. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Pedal to the metal. Everything just seemed to come up Jovic. Exactly. I mean, for us, you can. I mean, I guess there's always we can kind of push it a little bit more. Uh, currently, the record for Eintracht in terms of a kind of team uh, effort, the current record stands as nine to one. Uh, Rolf Weiss Essen back in the 70s, long before any of us were fans of the Eintracht, just to date. All three of us, I just a tiny bit. 
Huh? Nine goals. My yeah, God. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, I don't. Uh, I can't remember the last time I heard of a Bundesliga team actually scoring nine goals for a very long time. Roman, maybe you can help me out wow. here, but I think the last time we saw anyone score more than seven, because Bayfell Bay actually scored seven earlier this yeah. season. I yeah. mean, the last um, big, big, big one like this I remember was, was like Schalke. My, my, oh no, nine goals. I don't remember anywhere, but yeah, I mean that's like basically my my biggest one was Schalke in the DFB Pokal at some point where we played six uh, zero and where Schalke was then like always called like Schalke Rule Six. Well, there's also a very famous <laughs> uh, video that you can see, which is uh, at uh, in in Gelsenkirchen, so uh, in away game. Where like people from the Schalke people were filming the fan block, the Frankfurt uh, away block, and whenever the Schalke people said like Schalke, you know, the other one was supposed to say 04, but 06 was like way louder than the 04. So it's like this really funny thing where like the Schalke <laughs> people go like Schalke, and then 06, Schalke, 06. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's a really cool thing that uh, yeah, you should check it out. You should check it out. Yeah, I think if you if if that you Google uh, YouTube Schalke no Zex Frankfurt, you will probably find it. There you go. But, uh, you know, Lukas Jovic kind of, let's be honest, that first goal, woof. I mean, crazy how he just contorted himself in the air. Great, you know, cross in by Kostic to uh, kind of put it on a silver platter for him. He had a pair of assists. The dude uh, playing... You know, playing on the wing, he's just been lighting the place up. And we'll talk to uh, talk a little bit about him also uh, in the Eintracht Europa League match. Uh, but Kostic, he's just really functioning at an altogether different level that uh, I had not seen definitely when he was playing for Hamburg. But then again, I mean, no one plays good for Hamburg. Uh, these days, I mean, <laughs> they so well that they fire their coach when they're f- in fourth place in the Zweitliga at present. I mean, it just kind of shows you the kind of uh, shenanigans that those guys get up to. But so Sebastian Allaire, I mean, scoring from the penalty spot, scoring a goal from open play, a pair of assists as well. I mean, take him out of the starting lineup, and I believe that, honestly, 10 points would not be... Uh, on the table for Eintracht Frankfurt this season. He has had that much of an impact, and oh, yeah. Jovic would not be in the position that he's currently in without Sebastian Aller, based on this game and just in general. Yeah, I mean, all these all these goals as well, they were all really nice. You know, they were not like, you know, when they sometimes have these friendlies against like a fourth league team or something, you know, and then they score like 7-1 or 9-1 or 13-0, you know, like, those were all really nice goals, right? With the great work, with great mm-hmm. uh, um, also intelligence. Of course, also Dusseldorf played really bad, uh, that, that too. But they were all nice to watch, yeah, you know? I mean, like three of them, uh, three of those goals could easily be a goal of the month, you know? Um, and I'm pretty sure that first, the first, one, first definitely, goal is oh, yeah, going to yeah, be goal of the month. That's going to be, um, that's going to be in the goal of the year, maybe. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be in, in that, that talk. talk. But, uh, I mean, all of them were nice. You know, they were all really cool goals. They were played really well. Uh, obviously, kind of defended horribly. But, uh, um, yeah, really something for the eye. 
So here's uh, a little something that I found interesting uh, in regards to us playing this exciting stuff. Kasinovich didn't play bad. Guzman is lighting the world on fire. Kostich is doing great. Um, but we saw a couple of players uh, on the pitch that we didn't expect to see as we thrashed Dusseldorf. Ergota finally getting his yeah. opportunity. Not that he really did anything, but Stindera uh, at least showed uh, glimpses of what he is still able to bring to the table, which kind of makes me think, you know, it we're currently in seventh place right now, you know, as the season goes on and we kind of push for it, you know, don't think about moving Stendera maybe until, you know, next summer. Kind of, look, we're in a, as we'll talk about in Europe, we're in such a great spot that, you know, we're going to be playing additional matches and, you know, hey, just kind of involve everything that you can, but... uh. Is it just me, or is the team functioning at a completely different level that we were not anticipating when we were getting our butts handed to us by Bayern Munich in the Super Cup, <laughs> the Super Pokal? Yeah, I mean, like, in, in general, I think what we can say is that there's something new about the Adi Hütter Fußball, and, it, and this is something that uh, we critiqued, or we said, like, before uh, last season, where I think we said it that we never see these 3-0 wins or these 2-0 wins. You know, it's always like we try to be defensively very, very good and accurate under Kovac and then maybe hit, do one or two hits. But the minute we had that, we kind of like started defending again and not even thinking about attack anymore. And now what's kind of new is that even though we are already 2-0 ahead, we still want to go for the third goal, right? Like even, uh, I, would, I, wanna, I don't want to be talking too much to, uh, much the, the Limassol match from today, but the same thing, you know, it's like they always want to go for the next goal, which is something new for me uh, to see, right? Because we haven't seen any of this kind of behavior in the past, I would almost say like five, six, seven years, you know, it was like one goal, maybe two, and then better keep it, you know, try to maintain it. And that's gone. And that's, um, yeah, I'm super excited to see them play that way and how hungry the team is, right? I mean, it was 7-0. I don't know when was the last goal shot. I don't know, in the 70-something minute. So you could easily see... 72nd seven, minute. 72nd minute. So you could easily see that there could have been like 8, 9, 10. Like I was, I was, I almost put my app out and bet on a, on a 10, uh, on a 10 win, 10 goal win. But uh, it was amazing, you know, the pressure that they put, that they kept on playing, you know, that they never kept up. And then when, uh, when Adi Hütte was starting to put, uh, um, you know, Hagota in the match, where he's like, yeah, exactly, put in another attacker. Like, if, you know, like, it's, it's funny to see that, you know, where he says, like, okay, we, we, we still have one of the attack line on the bench. Let, let's put him on the pitch. Um, you know, it's cool to see that. And even Stendera, I think, was brilliant. And that's where we need to go to get, right? That we have a few of these games that we win high, like the 4-1 to Hanover or 4-1 uh, uh, to Rome, where we can put second-class players or even some young guns onto onto the pitch, right? And I think I, I told you guys in our group, it would have been so cool if, if Adi Hütter had like Knote or somebody on the bench, you know, or Bayreuther, some of the really, oh, well, Bayreuther, I think he's on loan, but some of the really young guns and then give him the chance the last 10, 15 minutes to play on these matches, right? Where you can't really do anything wrong anymore. 
And I like to see that with Bandera, especially because I have him in my fantasy team. So obviously his value, his value got up. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, so that all being said, uh, Eintracht currently sitting in seventh in the Bundesliga. Uh, totally taking that right now, especially with uh, the kind of teams that we have coming up. We'll hit at that just a little bit. Um, we've gone over everything that is about our match with Dusseldorf without trying to get too uh, obsessive about it. I mean, we could, <laughs> you know, go, like go all fangirl on it, but let's, let's move on to something just as important. Uh, Eintracht Frankfurt 2, Apollon Limassol 0. Uh, both goals, first half. Uh, Kostic again. Granted, okay, his goal kind of was an absolute gift. But yeah, but I would say that he that just played out of his skin, and so did another attacker, uh, Alaire. Oh wait, yes, both of those guys again. <laughs> I would say that, that that goal that that goal was a gift only because of the work that was put in to, to get it to him in the first place. Like he had mm-hmm. no business having the ball to begin with. So, I mean, <laughs> uh, it was, uh, that work that Rabich and then Allaire put in to, to get him the ball to score that goal. Woof. That was awesome. Indeed. Indeed. I did like kind of bringing, uh, Fernandez kind of back into the fold. He looked to have a good, strong effect, as we played with a more expansive kind of midfield action. De Guzman was allowed to kind of have his freedom. Gasinovic, uh, chicken with his head cut off. Though, let's be honest, it's at least in the second half he looked better. Uh, Indica, uh, his cross to uh, <laughs> his cross to Allaire, and Allaire just kind of puts it in. I can't believe we got this kid in the second division of France, mm. and it just says screams so much to Freddy Bobic in terms of the, his talent scouting, uh, and like the scouts that he's got in there and bringing those guys in on the really cheap. That you know we're going to benefit from this very long term down the road. Well, that's oh, that's yeah. a different topic. You know, how long are we going to keep those guys? But. Uh, at least uh, as long as we keep them, we're going to have great players. And when they leave, we're going to have a whole lot of cash. So um, that's the good news. But yeah, it's amazing. Like the scouting work that Frankfurt has been put on the floor. And then, not, not talking about the Limassol, but in general, what, what those guys with Bobic, Ben Manga uh, really put out every season is, is amazing. You know, like Indica. Like where, where, does he, where did he find like Indica, Alea? Yeah, where, where does he get these guys? It's uh, it's amazing. Yeah, but the Limassol match, um, you you guys know, I I didn't I didn't actually see the goals. I didn't see both goals. Uh, of course, later on in a recap, but because first of all, I wanted to watch it in a pub, and they don't show the fucking yeah. on TV, you know. So like, I went into the pub. I was like, hey. Where, where do you show it? And it's like, oh, they don't have it. So then I looked at my live sports app and I showed like a bleacher report, whatever that is. And of course, it's only streaming. Then I'm like telling the guys, okay, guys, so we can't go to the bar. Let's go somewhere else. Let's go to my office. And then the other guy had to uh, uh, go off. And uh, yeah, so then I was like, okay, let's go to my office. So I, I work out of the um, Mexican consulate uh, right now, which is super cool. 
Uh, so yeah, just got the Ooh. got the thing. So then, so I, by the time I was at the office, it was already one zero, and then I started working on it. And then they had this free kind of teaser thing, and uh, I already signed up, but I haven't paid yet because I got the link and it worked. To make to make long things short. At some point, the link interrupted, hey, hey, now you have to pay. And by the time uh, I put in all my payment details and, and paid the $2.99 to watch the game, it was already 2 I was like, okay, great. So there. Uh, <laughs> but of course. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could have restarted it from yeah, the beginning. Yeah, but you cannot do that. And like all the, I mean, you're watching it on the computer, <laughs> your phone bings with every, with every uh, um, yeah. goal. And even though there was no other goal, but, uh, you know, no, no, no. So. I've had to watch it live, and and then you already know that it's two zero. So, yeah, I watched it in the recap. Then wait a second, the Mexican console was there. Not, I mean, was there no way that they had uh, their own kind of like feed from Mexico? I mean, Mexico had its uh, uh, what was it? Uh, ESPN uh, Play Norte, which was uh, broadcasting throughout. Uh, Mexico and the Central yeah, but American the people countries. in the Mexican consulate was, they work and they don't watch TV, so um, I I only have. You could have just said Marco Fabian's on and uh, trick him into putting it on at that. Unfortunately, point. <laughs> he wasn't on, you know. So that's uh, that's still the thing. Yeah, but uh, but at least true. here's the thing, right? So um, when I wear my Frankfurt jersey and I I go out of the Mexican consulate or when I'm around, uh, I think people recognize my eagle. And the guard, the guard at the door, he was like, oh, what team is this? You know, like, oh, my Spanish is horrible. So the conversation was really, was really <laughs> short, but it just mentioned Carlos Salcedo and Fabian and he was nodding and uh, he was asking me, uh, como se llama? Like, how does, is it pronounced? You know, Eintracht Frankfurt. And uh, then he was like happy and, um, <laughs> yeah, so. Well, then you have to just invite him to watch the next match. Uh, well, I might add with the uh, change in time zones. Hey, at least it's not going to be... Well, okay, it still is early for you, Roman. Uh, I will call 5.30 in the morning on the West yeah. Coast. going to be early. And hey, you're lucky because uh, the clocks move forward uh, in Central Europe, at least for this weekend. So Sunday's matches going to be a little bit earlier than it would have been. That would have been... Uh, until we see, follow suit. Uh, 7.30 on the East Coast. Six, uh, I'm basing this all on United States time zones, so I mean, but we're diverting against away from the Limassol early. match, so I'm sorry for that. It was my, my own fault. <laughs> yeah, um, no worries, no worries, bud. Uh, Ronald uh, putting in some good minutes between the sticks for the Eintracht. Yeah, I like that too. Um, Marco Ross also having a lovely goal line clearance. Um, yeah, you know when when uh, that kind of went down. Uh, it did kind of give me a moment of pause because I mm. thought, honestly, Eintracht was able to nail down the the lead uh, lead that you would not have expected to kind of be in danger so early against a team that uh, well, we're not kidding ourselves here, boys. Uh, when we saw the group, we all kind of overlooked these guys, despite the fact that you know super good teams have been known to take advantage. Uh, you know, you know, other teams not giving them enough respect, basically. But you know, yeah, I for the most part was able to kind of ride things out. I think that you know, Adi Huta, uh, having pl- uh, during his time with Young Boys of Bern, 
you know, he was constantly playing in the group phase of the Europa League. And, you know, just based on the resources that he had, you know, not able to get into the knockout phase, but at least being wary of, you know, how to manage his resources that he has there. And, you know, we find ourselves three matches in, nine points up, three points up on Lazio, uh, who won in their match against uh, Marseille. So that kind of yeah. tees up uh, a pretty tasty affair for second place because, hey, we're in the driver's seat by a long shot for first place. And, you know. It's just got to be good. For all the... Oh, it's going to be so good. And uh, <laughs> for anyone who wants to get out to Cyprus, just remember that uh, uh, one airline is down and some other Eintracht Frankfurt uh, fans uh, flying out of Germany are uh, going to have to make alternative arrangements. So if I you know an Eintracht that. Frankfurt fan who uh, needs help in getting to Cyprus, let them know. That you can help uh, let them know any option that you might have available if you are a former military and are able to get a free spot on a, I don't know, some, I mean, what's one of the, whatever those big troop carriers, I about (laughs) said a Chinook and then realized, wait a second, that's a helicopter. (laughs) But hey, if... You know, if you're able to, ha- if you're a prior service United States veteran, and you happen to know that you're a- that there's an American troop uh, carrier that's going out there to Cyprus, I mean, why not? Uh, middle <laughs> middle of the Mediterranean sounds sounds exotic to me. You know, bring bring an Eintracht Frankfurt fan along and just say, yeah, he's with me, and voila, you know. Just a couple more Eintracht Frankfurt fans who are going to be there. Uh, it won't be uh, the reverse fixture will not be in Lemassal. It's actually going to be at the National Team Stadium in Nicosia, uh, which Eintracht has played in once before. The last time we were in the Europa League. So, all of that Ooh. being considered, boys, um, a great two matches that we have won in uh, about six days' time. And uh, yeah, so we're gonna break this show up. Uh, this is the end. We didn't even one, talk about the choreography. I mean, we did in our pre-talk, but oh, I think we, we can talk. We can talk about. We have to at least it. mention it. This amazing atmosphere. Like even the TV guys, like they were like at the end, especially in the last minutes, they were basically not showing the game anymore. They were just uh, showing the cheering fans, which I thought, and they tried yeah. to find every perspective. Uh, where you had like you know if they had to show the game for whatever reason they tried to look these nice perspectives where they had like the players and in the background the cheering fans Mm -hmm. and even with Attila in the foreground in the middle the players and in the background the waving flags so there were some amazing pictures by that uh, um, super cool um, atmosphere that was once again masterclass from the Frankfurt supporters what can we say yeah, so we had uh, originally from the Ultras end, uh, really brief before we get into what are we drinking, um, we had uh, the old Eintracht logo that was prominent in, was it the late uh, the late 70s and into the 80s and early 90s, yeah. I think mm-hmm. even as well, uh, before being replaced by our present uh, version of the crest. And then uh, they flipped that around to show off what... Uh, uh, more of a classic Hessian uh, red eagle kind of crest uh, with a white scarf wrapped around its neck. Because, you know, hey, it's getting a little chilly. 
here, there, and everywhere these days, as we'll get into what are we drinking. And uh, yeah, so just goes to show that uh, our ultras are the best in the world. And when it does come to us getting to finally go to an away match, uh, uh, whether that be Cyprus or playing in Rome, we will show that we have the best fans of any of the teams presently playing in the Europa League in the group phase. End of done and done. So that all being said, breaking up uh, into uh, into segment one. Hashtag, what are we drinking? Nathan, you, the beer man himself, uh, the home brewer himself, what are you drinking? Roman, what are you drinking? Well, I'm I'm drinking. I didn't hear you, Nathan, but... Uh, <laughs> I was on mute. Oh, you were on mute. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Do you want to start? Go ahead, Nathan. What are you drinking? I'm uh, drinking this, uh, I can't, let me look at it. I've already drank it, so I got to go grab the can. So go, 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 go ahead. <laughs> uh, the, the longest episode of what are we drinking? So because I'm totally boring because I'm actually again drinking water. Unbelievable. I know it is, but I'm doing this uh, intermittent fasting right now for some fun time. And I can't, I can't put any calories into my body in the evenings. So, uh, yeah, so for me, it's just water, but it's water out of our Eintracht Frankfurt cups, you know, out of the glasses, uh, so there to say, and uh, at least I'm doing that with style, and of course, I am tweeting my picture, even though it's just water, but it is at least in the <laughs> proper glass. There you go, there you go. Nathan, have you got the can? Yeah, I do. Um, take a picture of it. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, Dogfish Heads Sequential, the sour beer uh, that I love so much. I love sours. You uh, and the sour beers. Well, we've had this discussion, which has lasted longer than some other people would even dare to dream of. I mean, whoa. Well. <laughs> sours are in right now and oh i will God. take advantage of it um yeah next time you're in casey i'm definitely gonna uh if it's sunday night i'm definitely taking you over to uh beer station because those guys have got sours on special and on tap and you got like a multitude to choose from oh yeah love it yeah what do you uh, got you know it is cold out here in Kansas City. Okay, maybe that's down to the fact that I spent two, four hours in the rain in Kansas City. Uh, we've had a little bit of precipitation happening here. Refereeing at the very tail end of the season for the high school season through the state of Missouri. Kansas is already into their playoffs. But one final game hmm. uh, to get underway. And uh, I got absolutely drenched. Soaked to the bone, I think my bones were even cold. It was uh, just one of those cold and rainy nights. Not something everyone wants to enjoy. And what did I feel that I really needed? I needed something to warm my bones, warm everything about my heart. Despite the fact that Eintracht Frankfurt just kicked ass and took names <laughs> earlier in the day. It was that kind of a night. So where what did I find on my beer shelf? But none other than the Boulevard Company's Winter Warmer, the Nutcracker Ale. So the should anyone have the opportunity? Yeah, 
<laughs> Nathan knows exactly. Hey, Nathan, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The Nutcracker Ale is, to me, the single best uh, beer that Boulevard does produce at this very juncture in their um, brewing history. It, it is one of the beers that is a constant performer, one that, uh, to me, is worth its weight in gold. And this lovely uh, beer, which normally comes in six, so they also come in 12, classic winter ale, deep, deep color. And, uh, yeah, you can, it's got, oh, God, gosh, my taste buds are just tingling at the fact that every <laughs> single time I take a sip. That's what I am it. drinking. It's got a uh, 8% or something like that. Uh, pretty close to that. Yeah. Uh, 7.8 is, I think what I saw in the bottle. Um, it, they have come out warm with other, it, <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely warm at this point, but Hey, you know, uh, my fluffy, I Frankfurt socks have also helped out, uh, the cause as well. I tracked hoodie as well. I'm just hip deep in that. And, uh, yeah, the winter beer, has pulled me through. So the Nutcracker Ale, the Winter Warmer Ale from Boulevard Brewing Company in Kansas City, Missouri, is what I am drinking. So I did kind of hint that uh, we would have a little bit of a giveaway. So Roman had recently posted that uh, we have some little goodies that have been given to us from Eintracht Frankfurt U.S., uh, part of Eintracht Frankfurt's uh, goal of growing themselves in the United States. And they have uh, Eintracht Frankfurt underscore US on Twitter and Eintracht Frankfurt US on Facebook. And follow both of those guys and you'll actually find that they do quite a few little competitions of their own. And guess what? We're doing one of Ta-da. our own. Uh, Roman, what what shirt is being on offer from us here at Hey Eintracht yeah, Frankfurt? Yeah, so that's cool. So as, as you said, I got a big package uh, from, from Eintracht Frankfurt. And we're giving away, uh, so in total we have four jerseys, a scarf, and a couple of mugs that I've already talked about. We will be giving them away uh, during the time, so not all of them at once. But we're going to start with an original De Guzman shirt. Uh, jersey right um yeah super nice uh dry fit nike obviously and uh in size m yeah so it's a white one the guzman i'm gonna uh, post some photos i'm gonna make photos but because this is the first one and we want this to be big we are also adding the scarf so there is an original eintracht frankfurt going big start from the word scarf shawl black and white uh and a jersey so we will be giving away um the jersey and the scarf to the winner and how to win brian how 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 to get it kind of key how to get it how how do people think so Exactly. So, uh, hang on Trek Frankfurt's uh, Facebook group is what you need to do. Like the Facebook group and like our post. It's going to be going up pretty immediately once you are hearing this podcast. You'll actually be able to find that uh, pinned to the very top of our Facebook page. Yeah. Like the like the page if you have not already done so. Then like the post itself and share it. Uh, we're able to track on who does uh, the sharing. So like like the page, then like the post and share it out yourself. And uh, at the time, we will actually do a live drawing on our next podcast uh, when we are hopefully talking about uh, victory over Nuremberg, uh, previewing then uh, our match against uh, Valpe Stuttgart. 
uh, we will then uh, bring out who is uh, the lucky winner of scarf and shirt combo. So if you're looking to get yourself set up for the Florida Cup uh, matches that are going to be happening in mid-January in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida and Orlando, Florida, why not get yourself set up with a lovely de Guzman shirt and scarf? Can't go any better than that. Disclaimer so, only, that I have to put said. this one in. It's like, you, we do North America yes. only, so that is the only restriction. Sorry, guys. So this is uh, North America, Canada, US, Mexico only. And the simple reason is, obviously, also with shipping, because I got I to gotta ship these things. And uh, <laughs> as much as we, we know, we have listeners in Australia, this- and we love you guys down under. Uh, however... We love you in Germany. We, we have listeners in Germany. We have Scotland, Ireland... Italy, wherever you may be, this one is specifically for our North American listening audience. But fear not, we will have ones that will be open to everyone around the globe. But but for this one, it's US or North America only. And uh, yeah, so all you have to do is share, like, it may be yours. Maybe yours indeed. So cool indeed. So all that being said... Uh, that wraps up uh, this uh, what are we drinking and a little bit of housekeeping news and notes right here so we'll be back uh, with segment two where we then preview our match uh, with uh, uh, what was it uh, FC Nuremberg if I can only get those guys correct uh, Der Klub as we uh, face in match day nine and we'll kind of briefly go over what's going on in the rest of the Bundesliga so stay with us And we're back, segment two of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. So, like I uh, botched totally, because I really don't know everything about Erste FC Nuremberg that Eintracht Frankfurt takes on. Uh, Okay, I know a few things about Nuremberg. Um, We beat them in the relegation playoffs that saved our bacon. Uh, Do we really need to know much more than that? Okay, so they do play in one of the more historic uh, Bundesliga stadiums, uh, the Nuremberg Arena. No, not uh, it's uh, the Max Murlock Stadion is its technical name. It was one of the stadiums that was used in uh, the 2006 uh, World Cup. So, you know, been around with the club for a very long time. It's also got some other interesting history around it and its surrounding. Oh, yeah. Uh, Definitely not going into the kind of don't want to go down that rabbit hole, as they say. But Der Klub is one of the most historic teams in the Bundesliga. 118 years old uh, came up just this past season uh, as the runners up in the Zweite Liga. After a couple of seasons down there, Timothy Chandler came into his own uh, in the Bundesliga Uh, with the club, and that's where he started establishing himself as a constant uh, fixture in the United States national team. Uh, well, a lot of changes going on over there, but we're <laughs> definitely not going down that either. <laughs> uh, local rivals are Greuther Fifth, uh, who are currently in the running to uh, get promoted back to the Bundesliga. Um, 
Uh, games against Bayern Munich is going to be pretty big in that neck of the woods, though, I mean, Bayern Munich's fortunes have definitely favored them in recent years. So, uh, anything else we need to know about these guys? Oh, yeah. So, they're only one of the most historic teams of all time. Uh, nine-time German champion. Yes, nine times. Granted, 67, uh, 68, the last time that they were uh, the first division champion. So, t- during a time that the Bundesliga was the Bundesliga. And four Pokals, in addition to making the... Uh, I guess that's it. They've... A couple forays into the European race. The most so. important part. But it's been a very long time coming. The most important part about Nuremberg is that it's not too far away from Frankfurt. So I think it's only like a one and a half, two hour drive by car, right? So Ooh, nice. it's uh, yeah. super close. And I've been there a couple of times, though my memories, uh, would, uh, I've, I've never, I have bad, bad memories. So whenever I went, uh, went to those games, <laughs> we kind of lost uh, all the time. Uh, so even like 4 0, I think the last time I went. Uh, there was like horrible. Like I went there with a the fan club. There was a nice party on the way to it, and then we lost four zero. And then the way back was pretty depressing. But uh, that's just the way it, it was. But anyways, it's it will be different because also um, we had our um, we had our uh, important game, a relegation match against Nuremberg. Right, that was the last time we played them. Yeah. Um, so we have. Yeah, we haven't been back there since uh, Harris Safarovich yeah. scored the... Uh, God, I can't believe it was him of all the putzes of the world who <laughs> <laughs> scored the game-winning goal uh, to put us up 2-1 on aggregate, and uh, we saw it through. Uh, most of uh, Stuka, uh, most of the team at Schalke is made up of... Uh, Nuremberg players who were deemed too good to be playing their trades in the Zweite Liga. Mm. There's actually an American who, uh, technically he's on the books at Bayern Munich, but is currently on loan. Uh, Timothy Tillman. Doubt we're ever going to see him on the pitch because, you know, he's, I think, 18, 19, somewhere there. Anyways, uh, <laughs> sorry, a little bit biased kind of look at that. So, um, kind of some interesting stuff that those guys have been up to. Uh, so far in their season... They, they, unlike Fortuna Dusseldorf, well, okay, yeah, they got waxed by uh, <laughs> Borussia Dortmund, but not going to lie, if anyone's paid any attention to Borussia Dortmund, um, those guys have been kicking everyone's ass. Uh, we were kind of uh, not, not uh, we kind of didn't miss out on that, uh, at least in the way that we did, <laughs> let's be honest. But um, uh, Nuremberg, when it does come to them playing on the road, they've absolutely been horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Though playing at home, they basically have won all but one of their points, and they're kind of uh, not too not too far away from the relegation zone. But in my eyes, still a team that probably could be that they're destined for a bottom four finish. To, in my eyes, but I think that they are capable of actually surviving, and then we'll see what hap- where they are able to go from there. Um, boys. Tough, t- not the tougher cookie of the two promoted sides to go up against, mm. and the tough, tougher venue of the two. But Eintracht Frankfurt can totally put these guys uh, out to pasture and shoot them. Oh yeah, yeah, I did. for sure. God, they- I sound horrible when I say that. I have these horrible analogies, but the fact of the matter is, 
it's a, it's like a lame horse. What are you gonna do? You gonna put? You gonna allow it to just suffer? Or are you gonna put it out of its misery? Yeah, that's what it is. It will be a very. If anyone, if anyone, if anyone thinks that I am not an animal lover, they have not seen my uh, Instagram feed, which is covered of pictures of me and my dog. I know. So, what, uh, if anyone thinks that I'm absolutely nuts, uh, let that be heard, known and well. Heard. Let's put it this way: it would be a very interesting game because, like, uh, obviously, the defense of Nuremberg is not as strong. Uh, as we, we usually see it, like when we look at the past, you know, like Dortmund was seven to one, right? When, uh, no, seven, seven, zero, uh, one yeah, again. Seven, zero. Mm-hmm. And then they lost to, to Leipzig. Leipzig on the road as well. Six, zero. I mean, they, yeah. they play pretty, but they also beat Dusseldorf themselves three nil and beat Hanover two nil. Each of those results. Yeah. I mean, it, it can be an open match, you know, it depends on, uh, if if the style of play if it if it's going to work out so there are two outcomes right either it's going to be a horrible game uh, or it's going to be uh, something like this a four o five o six o because it's kind of matches I think they have a, Nuremberg they still try to play the game you know they're not trying to be as defensive um, as they probably should be in their position um, because they're still trying at least to from what I've what I've seen what I feel is uh, they're still trying to play the game at, at least at home. And that, that's, of course, opens up the gate wide. And that's what uh, uh, Dortmund and Leipzig really used. And we have to see whether we use that as well. Because like, if the Jovic guys, the, the, the Fab Four, the Halle, Rebic, Jovic, and put in Da Costa as well, if they keep on scoring that well, then it's going to be really bad for Nuremberg. So I wonder what the coach is going to come up against, what kind of sty- type of play. Because... I mean, seriously, guys, if you are preparing for this match, right? So imagine you are the Nuremberg coach. You just, <laughs> you just tricky. got, kind of tricky for you an got game. whipped 7-0, uh, 6-0 by Leipzig before you got whipped by, by, by Dortmund of 7-0, right? Or 7-1, I don't know. Yeah, 7-0 and 6-0. And now you're watching these games of Frankfurt beating Basically, Rome 4-1, Hanover 4-1, now Düsseldorf 7-1. Uh, and even if you watch the game today, uh, the Limassol one, with, I mean, two goals uh, only, so to say. But, I mean, they had way more chances. That, that was a 4-5-0 game as well. How do you prepare your, your team? How do you not scare them to death, you know, that these Frankfurt guys are now going to come in <laughs> They're kind of like, a, like just going to roll over. Give them drugs beforehand? Something like this. It would be, <laughs> like, I don't know how to, I would not know how to prepare my team for that. Smoke them, stone, smoke them until they're stoned out of their yeah, mind. That's something like, I don't know, definitely an antidepressant. That's what, they, that, what they're hopefully going to need after the game. But it will be fun to see their reaction, you know? So um, I think Agreed. it will be, I, I'm totally curious, curious to see how they're going to start. Yeah. Nathan, um, I'm I'm curious to see how they'll form mm. up. Because uh, yeah, it seemed like they're at the beginning of the season they were trying to go like like you said like an attacking attacking form and and since you know you know for the last five or six games they've gone highly defensive in a, in a way well I, somewhat it depends on the game like Dortmund yeah. they went they tried to just batten down the hatches but. Um, that didn't work. Uh, they got it, flayed. Yeah, it, so that I don't know if that defensive style is working for them. It, it's clearly not. And the the first three games of the season, they actually played somewhat uh, okay. Yeah. So 
Um, I wouldn't say that losing 1-0 to Hertha is really a bad thing. They followed that yeah. up with consecutive draws of 1-1 with Mainz and Werder Bremen, who, you know, yeah. presently at third in the table, and they did that in Bremen. Exactly. And then was able to rattle off two consecutive wins on uh, home turf against, granted, other teams that are in the relegation rut. But yeah, so still, to- that's... Hey, they say that, you know, to survive relegation, how do you survive relegation? Uh, beat the teams who are going to be in the same spot as you That's true. And they have done, though. To uh, to Roman's point, I mean, it, it comes down to, for, I don't know, from my perspective, I guess it comes down to how fast we come out and... It, I feel like that's been our, our strength this the, with this team recently mm. is we come out and we come out fierce. Um, but the thing that I'll, I'll say that uh, I, f- I felt like uh, Limassol played a little physical <laughs> and there's going to be a lot of, I imagine that someone like DaCosta specifically is not going to play in this match. Um, so we'll have to see who else is, who else is down and out and, how, how tired we are in comparison to, to them. Who, they, they've had eight days of rest, so... Um, Definitely a difference. We'll, we'll just have to see. There's plenty mm-hmm. of time in between uh, the Dusseldorf and uh, Europa League. I mean, there were six days yeah. in between them. I mean, that's almost like as though, you know, you play Saturday, you play on Sunday, and then you play on Saturday. That is, I mean, not anything too crazy different uh, in terms of, like, uh, time span. So it was... This sets us up brilliantly, and I think that we will be able to go from strength to strength. But that all being said, before we get to our uh, predictions, uh, a little thing that has kind of popped onto the Bundesliga scene, uh, the Bundesliga, we'll kind of go over who is in what position. So eight matches in, uh, Borussia Dortmund on 20 points, and then there's a three-point gap with uh, Gladbach and Bremen on 17, 16 is Munich. 15 is a two-way tie between Leipzig and Hertha with us at 7th and 13 points and then a three-point drop uh, before you get to 8th, which is where Hoffenheim is. That being what the table is at present. uh, Remember, everybody, it's a tight league. It's an 18-team league. And that is what a proposal from Union Berlin, one of the biggest teams uh, from the former East, uh, German German Republic has put out that uh, the first and second divisions should be increased uh, as the third division is currently at 20 teams to 20 teams each. Now, uh, Roman, I kind of got a little bit, I got a little bit of an idea that you uh, have a very strong opinion on this. Look, from kind of put out some points here, um, I do think that you know, there are a lot of teams in the second division uh, who would probably uh, add quite a lot of character to the Bundesliga. Oh, I don't know, the likes of uh, Hamburg and Cologne being up here. I mean, would definitely make the... Uh, you'd have the Nord Derby back between Bremen and Hamburg. You would have Cologne being able to play up against uh, Gladbach and Dusseldorf as well. I mean, maybe someone else would have like supplanted someone else in the second division or the second and first divisions over the last couple of years. So you never know who that could have been at whichever time, you know, uh, kind of teams that we've seen in the relegation playoff. 
Um, and then of course there's look, there's some big teams that are in the third division of Germany that probably could punch punch at a reasonable level uh in the second division, if not the first division. And yes, I'm talking about your Rostocks, your Braunschweigs, uh your Kazuas, your Kaiserslautens, your 1860 Munichs. I mean, there's a number of clubs that are in the third division who could be punching their weight in the second and the first tiers of the German football pyramid. So, Roman, I'll kind of let you kind of weigh into this before we get into our prediction segment, as I find this really fascinating topic. Yeah, absolutely. But I have to admit, I don't really, I'm, I don't really know. You know, it's like it's not. I'm not really. I'm not a very strong on any of the positions, right? I do see the pros and cons. Um, more TV, more TV money. money, yeah. Well, you know, more that, match day revenue from just the stadium revenue itself. Yeah, but itself. that doesn't count to win me over. You know, that's not. Uh, that's not because more money, as Heribert uh, Bruchhagen used to say, uh, "Die Flut hebt alle Boote," which means the flood raises uh, all the boats. You know, all the ships, and uh, so more money. You know, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's just more money to players right so there's no no difference you know it's just like then you know but here's the interesting part right so what do we want to achieve right so let's put it this way if we have a 20 a 20 league then we will have less of the bigger clubs being relegated right because like hamburg stuttgart already i would say that we're kind of in that kind of vein of form that you know the likes of the little guys the ingolstadt's your Darmstadt's yeah. scum. <laughs> Look, <laughs> hey, they each had a two-year stay, but everyone knew. It's like, okay, you survived uh, this mine's, year, but France survived again. Guess you know, what? They but Mainz is never going to relegate again if you uh, if we have the 20, 20 league, right? So what the twenty same thing with us. the twenty league, I think, will foster is you're going to have the core Bundesliga team, the top sixteen, and nothing will ever happen to them. And then there will be the other ones and they will exchange, you know. So I think it's, I mean, predictions are always tough to that sense, but it might, I mean, right now we have a two-class, we have a three-class Bundesliga, right? There's Bayern on top, then there's nothing, nothing. Then there's Dortmund and maybe from time to time uh, Leipzig or whatever, you know, whatever. And then you have the the third class, so to say, or the second class, uh, no, we could third class, which is like you know the Borussia Dortmunds, even though uh, I mean the sorry the Gladbachs, the maybe Stuttgart at some point. What Frankfurt is doing right the now, Schalkes. the Schalkes, the Leverkusen, the Hoffenheim, you know the ones that are usually contender for Europa, and maybe if they're lucky, they get into Champions League, and if they're not lucky, uh, then they might miss Europa. And the rest is kind of you know scraping around. And I think we're going to have, uh, it's, it's going to be tougher with the 20 league. However, I like more games, you know, honestly, obviously, I wouldn't <laughs> mind uh, uh, four more matches in the season. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm neutral on this, actually, you know, I think there are pros and cons. Yeah, that's all I. Nathan, what do you think? Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of have to get, have that outsider perspective that I don't really know how it would affect things, although I kind of have a different opinion of uh, adding teams and the volatility that would that would come from that. I feel like it would add more volatility, perhaps, to uh, the system as it is, because just, just adding numbers um, will add that 
exponential increase in what could happen. So just from a pure hard mm-hmm. statistics perspective, but outside, outside of that, I mean, the, the, I, I've always been shocked at how small the Bundesliga <laughs> is. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> of the top five leagues, each of e- Spain, uh, France, Germany, England, Italy, you know, the the leagues that wield by a long shot the most power when it does come to, you know, the global footballing landscape. Germany is the only one that is not 20 teams. And guess what? They're the most populated. They're the most financially strong economically of all these countries that we're referencing. And yet it's the one with 18. It, it's got 18 teams, which I still have never kind of been able to wrap my head around. It's not like as though it's Denmark which or Scotland, you know, where they only <laughs> have like, you know, 12, 14 teams, you know, involved in that. I mean, granted, I'm kind of yeah. <laughs> throwing out countries that are like 120th the size uh, population-wise of Germany. I just yeah. think that like... That one of what is out there at present, I think that long term, the Bundesliga will probably be in a better spot. That yes, okay, so so the big fish are always in there, but aren't the big fish always there in general? Yeah, but the thing and, is, you know, these things okay, like Hamburg can, or, mm-hmm. or Cologne or uh, you know, like Wolfsburg, we were never going to get rid of Wolfsburg and uh, in, in a twenty in a twenty Bundesliga, right? Because they're always going to, even if they mm-hmm. have like the worst league like last time, I mean, they barely made it into relegation. And if they had like two more, like no, no way that they would be there. So if we want to have the possibility to get rid of these teams, and I mean, this is an e- almost an evil thought, right? That I'm putting in and I'm usually a positive person, so I shouldn't even be having these thoughts. But in soccer, you know, it's like, I kind of, I, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, you guys are absolutely right. In terms of logic, in terms of uh, everything there is, it absolutely makes sense to increase the league. Um, yeah, but I just feel like, you know, we will never get rid of the likes of the most books, you know. Well, the, the, the idea behind it is that it's trying to save the, the league from, like, outside, you know, money, right? That's the whole thing. Um, I personally believe that, yeah, this this could at least keep 50 plus 1 going for, I don't know, another 5 to 10 years before I I, I just, the more and more I think about it, the more and more I think uh, everything's everything's days are numbered. And look, you know, we want to talk about the old glory days. Well, okay, so back in the day, a lot of the matches got postponed because, you know, the pitches were absolute crap. Even at the Bundesliga level, like 20, 30 years ago, you know, uh, when they integrated all the East German teams, you know, the Bundesliga was, I mean, a lot bigger. Um, for me, I think that it's, look, it's a, it's a simple, natural progression that I would think it should not rattle the cage all too much. I will say this, you know, for all their kind of angst against the likes of midweek games and uh, Monday night fixtures. Monday night would be a permanent fixture. No, just to, oh, yeah. you know, get, to get all the games in over the weekend. You know, you might permanently have three games on a Sunday or like, you know, be infrequent, you know, three games on a Sunday, one game on Monday, one game on Friday, and then you have your Saturday games. So obviously, 
you know, would be taken up a lot. We would have to have would start the season earlier in the season. I mean, to end the season about the same time, shorten the winter pausa, which I think is kind of important. And I think that they're look. I think for the net for the fan, I think it's look for the health yeah. of and safety of the Bundesliga on the European landscape is better to have 20 teams. If I'm talking, if I put myself in the shoes of what makes the Bundesliga great, it's the atmosphere. And I think that means more midweek games, more Monday night games. And those kind of contributing factors means that there's less of a traveling contingent because, you know, someone who has to go from Stuttgart to Bremen, for example, you know, a Monday night fixture, that is absolutely asinine. Yeah. Someone's going to have to move miserable, multiple days of work to be able to pull that off. And we're just going to get more and more of that. But yeah, but they were, they were, they're watching out. I mean, like, there is a little decline in the Bundesliga, mm-hmm. right? The attendance is, uh, like, like Mainz is having trouble, you know, getting their stadium full. And Hoffenheim, you know, like, and yeah, Leipzig. They've always had, they always had, yeah, well, there were some times where they were packed, but, uh, you know, like, it's the question. When? Well, was oh, in the beginning, in the big, when they had a stadium they that had, only uh, seated 20,000 yeah, people? Yeah, but at least they got that. Okay. But here's the thing, right? So I would totally it's sell... Easy. Yeah, but that's 20,000 as opposed to 34,000, yeah, though. I Roman, know. come but on. But you would totally sell I mean, me on that. I mean, Mainz is, is crap. They're always going to be crap. I know they're going to be crap. They are crap. <laughs> I would, you would totally sell me on it if we would have more clubs like Kaiserslautern, like 1860... Uh, you know, up up in the Bundesliga. But if we have another Holstein Kiel, if we have another Heidenheim, you know, like I don't. This doesn't. Uh, this not does not Heidenheim make the Bundesliga it. more attractive. More games like Wolfsburg, Heidenheim, or uh, Holstein Kiel versus Augsburg is not going to make the Bundesliga more attractive, right? The Bundesliga Holstein Kiel versus Hamburg would still be good. Uh, I mean. Started off the Zweite Liga with that, and they kicked the Great, living yeah, crap leave, out let of the, them, let them, <laughs> the let, them uh, let them rock the second league. You know, Zweite Liga, totally fine with me. But, um, you know, like, okay, you, you kind of sold me on the 20 league, right? All I'm, I'm trying to play devil's mm-hmm. advocate here. Um, and we have to watch out for one thing, right? And we are, we are witnessing, especially with the German national team, you know, that people are kind of like not interested in this product as much as they used to be, right? And by... The mineshaft over idea. and over selling a product, you know, never works. You know, you got to keep it exclusive. You keep it where it is. And, uh, and even now with all the games every day with Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, you know, like it's too overwhelming, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not saying that, it, that the product doesn't sell as well. I would just say we have to watch out. We can't overdo it. Um, mm-hmm. because, uh, otherwise we're gonna, I don't know. I mean, what makes the soccer great? You know, it's the atmosphere is exactly what you said. You know, it's packed stadiums. It's these choreographies and it's not the business lounge. It's not the, uh, um, uh, um, the, the TV money that doesn't make it great. Great makes the people make it great. And, uh, um, yeah, and that's where the sport has to cater to, uh, to the people in the stadium first and then the rest out. And, uh, if we, if they lose that touch, to the fan, to the guy who goes to the stadium, everything is lost, right? Because like a rich dude does mm-hmm. not pay a lot of money for a, uh, a stadium, for a lounge uh, where, you know, where nobody else sits, you know, it doesn't work. You know, you need the fan base, you need the, 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 uh, um, the, the, 
the ultras, so to say, like the, the crazy guys mm -hmm. that do everything for their club. And then you have all, you, you get all the other parts in there as well. And uh, I know this is again a, a big spin from 20 club, but that's what we have to watch out for, right? So I'm totally in it. I'm like I said, I would love to have four, uh, four more games a year, right? Like two away and two home games to two other opponents. And yes, I would love more teams like Kaiserslautern, like 1860, like even Union Berlin, like Pauli, like, Hamburg, of course, and, and Cologne, they belong to the Bundesliga. I want to, I want to play against all of those, but I don't want more Heidenheim, more Augsburg, more Ingolstadt, more, you know, more of these mines. You know, we can get, you can get rid of those. I don't mind. That would be my two cents <laughs> on the dollar. <laughs> There you go. All right. That got us going pretty. Uh, <laughs> If you guys have your own opinions, uh, reach out to yeah. us on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, let's keep the conversation going because I think this is a really uh, fascinating kind of subject matter. Because let's be honest, at the end of the day, we're all football fans. And coming from someone who is in the United States of America who has made one away trip to follow his local side, it is a long distance and it's the atmosphere that has brought you know, on a every given match day for a home game. And then you have anywhere between, you know, two and 3,000 fans traveling. Yeah. You know, the Hamburg fans bring it to the Eintracht, and then they get spanked right, in, right by one of their own former players and Alex Maia, and this stadium is rocking from the word go because the Haasval fans think that they can dream big or at least big <laughs> enough that they can survive, and then they get squished like a little cockroach. I mean, even like Düsseldorf, uh, right? I mean, the Düsseldorf the supporters, they were amazing. I mean, they were 7 7 one and they going. kept going. Like, every picture, like, whenever you saw them in the background, you're like, they were partying, they were having a good time, and they basically got their ass whooped. I mean, like... If you were a soccer team, they got spanked. Got spank That's not spanking. Spanking can be can be nice. You know, that was more of a that was more of a that was more of a you know a, a hardcore whipping and uh, like there was a there was a there was a tough you know like a, like a toughie like and they were still partying. They were still celebrating, and that's what we want. If we would have whooped like Leipzig, the whole thing would have been like the 50 people would have already left the stadium. Uh, you know, so that's what we want. <laughs> we want more of these teams. Love you, Funke. Oh. Yeah. Wow, that went a little bit further than what was anticipated. Yeah. Neil, let's say. <laughs> you got some um, whipping in there. Well, But sex sells, you know, so we got to throw <laughs> that in from time to time. <laughs> Speaking of selling, you guys, listeners, you have to uh, help us grow a little bit, you know, so share what you can. We need reviews. Uh, however you listen to it on SoundCloud or on iTunes, we need reviews. Give us many stars. Communicate with us. Let us know what you think, what you like, what you don't like. And uh, that's what we need, guys. We need your support out there. You listener, we love you and we do this all for you. And uh, yeah, reviews. So take your app right now. Yeah. Uh, go to the episode <laughs> page on iTunes. If you're an iPhone user, give us five stars. Or you know, would be it would be nice if you give us five. If you give us less, that's okay too. Um, and of course, SoundCloud. We need reviews. We need stars. So please, guys. Thank you. We're indeed, not asking for money. Indeed. We're just so asking for <laughs> support. Yep. Indeed, we do this all because we are fans. 
fans of the Eintracht. We're all fans of the Eintracht. And anyone who gets themselves involved, if you know someone who's a fan of the Bundesliga, bring them in if they have chosen wrongly, such as a Wolfsburg or... <laughs> <laughs> no, Freiburg. If you have chosen Freiburg, that's perfectly okay. Or if they've chosen... Uh, Leverkusen, that's also not okay. Or they chose in Leipzig, that also is not okay. Those are the three no-nos. Now you forgot the Offenbacher kickers, but so, I mean, who yeah, chooses those? Convince animals? them of the passion that you have for the Eintracht, and uh, we'll go ahead accordingly. So, gentlemen, it is time to make our predictions. Uh, you can also join Eintracht, Hey Eintracht Frankfurt in our little predictor league. Uh, go to the uh, Bundesliga.com's uh, website and HEF Pod is the group that you can join for our prediction game. That being said, gentlemen, what do we have for Eintracht's result for the weekend? Roman. Uh, so I expect uh, a big outcome here. I think it's going to be again. I, I think the our attacking side is unstoppable right now, and they'll keep on scoring like like a mule fucker. And it will be uh, at least at least a five <laughs> five one. <laughs> Five yeah. one. There you go, Nathan. What you got? I'm gonna be a little more reserved than that, but I also foresee a victory. Um, I'll say three to nothing. Ronaldo will get another clean sheet. Nice. Um, I don't have as much faith in him as uh, you guys do. Uh, it's only gonna be <laughs> two to one for the Eintracht. I think that Eintracht will pull it out. Uh, it will be Nuremberg who take the lead and Eintracht who punch two in the second half. I think then they're going to be deflated and unable to come back. So, you know, hey, uh, like also, like also many that we're used to find uh, nearby the stadium, puncture that balloon. All it takes is a pin prick and voila, done. Thin balloon, not, you know, one of those heavy duty ones that are able to withstand a lot of pressure. This is nobody that we're talking about. A recently promoted side. So that all being said, <laughs> ways that you can get in contact with us. Uh, you can get in contact with the uh, crew, and that is at HEFPod on Twitter. Uh, Facebook.com slash HEFPod is our Facebook page. Hey, I'm Trek Comfort at Yahoo.com is our email address. Roman, what is your uh, Twitter handle? SF Bay Eagles on Twitter, and I think it's also SF Bay Eagles on Facebook. There you go. And, of course, Nathan, what do you got? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at N-A-J-A-K-W-A. And you can follow me, Brian Sanders, uh, at KCSGE. You can also uh, occasionally get some of my tweets uh, about some of the stuff that I've written about uh, the Bundesliga, Bundesliga recap that usually comes out once a, uh, once per match day uh, from uh, Prost America. Uh, also going to be having some uh, more Major League Soccer coverage as the playoffs loom. Nathan, if the Sporting KC does make the finals, uh, you definitely need to come out to enjoy that. Insane. One more time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just say it will be indeed a great time. So uh, you have now got the competition to go for. So uh, like our Facebook page, like yeah. the Facebook yeah. post about our competition for the shirt and scarf, and then share it out. We'll then uh, read out uh, live uh, who gets uh, the who is the lucky one to get a shirt and scarf combo. So you'll look smart for. Uh, Eintracht's trip to uh, Florida for the 2019 Florida Cup. From us all here at Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, it's a uh, juice. Ciao. Juice. Hey,
Fuera, la 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 la